Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. My guest today is Nicole, pronouns she, her. Nicole, please introduce yourself to the audience. Hey, gang, Kim. I haven't actually talked to you in a minute. We um, had done the podcast together back in 2017. Yeah, man, that was a while ago. Oh my You're God. supposed to be introducing yourself. Stop talking. Introduce yourself. Yes. Well, I had to say hi again. <laughs> I'm Nicole Archambault, and I am a soft-taught developer. I'm also the creator of Livion Code, which is my little brand that includes a podcast. Um, I have a blog that it actually started out as a blog when I was teaching myself to code originally. And then it kind of grew into the podcast, still the blog, um, and my online courses, most importantly, which has been a direction that I went in. And that'll be tying into what we're actually talking about today with problem solving. But yeah, that's more or less my story. Uh, I have a whole lot more to it. I don't know how much you want to go into, but I've been told that it is a pretty inspiring story. So we, um, but yeah, I don't know. We have enough time for. Oh, we'll get to, we will fill this arrow with whatever we fill this arrow with. There is no agenda here. So gotcha. we always start this conversation with two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Hell yeah. So I actually embarked on uh, this journey and I, my journey, my mission is to bring self-taught developers and actually developers of any level, um, some foundational, really important foundational skills that they're currently not getting. And those two skills that I focus on are programmatic problem solving and autodidactic skills. So that's your skills and being able to teach yourself effectively and efficiently. So teaching people these really important lessons, it ties back into my experience as a woman of color back at Wellesley College. I had tried my computer science degree there and ended up switching out of the major because it was too freaking hard for me. And the reason, I mean, there are a few reasons actually, but um, one of the primary reasons at least why I hadn't been able to succeed is because I had never had any actual formal training in programmatic problem solving. And when I mentioned that to a group of people too, I'm like, who's actually had a, a course, you know, on programmatic problem solving, no hands go up, you know, and a lot of folks in the industry will tend to say, oh, you just got to learn it as you go along. But that's how we're causing a scene out here today because I want more people. And that includes people of color, people, women to be sticking here and not assuming that they're not good at programming just because they're having difficulty, you know, creating an approach to an actual problem. You know, they don't think that they're a bad developer because of that. So, yeah, there's so many rewards to that that I've seen in my work. Okay, so, um, wow. So, that says a lot because as I'm listening to this, I remember being on the podcast in 2017. I forgot that it was that. Um, so mm -hmm. that was before I even started hashtag cause a scene. That was my yeah. old podcast when I had community engineering report. Yes. So fuck, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> and I know it was about an idea at that point. Pretty. Yeah. Much. And I see, and th at that time, 
Oh, wow. I mean, you, you were building your platform. Yeah. You were building your platform. (laughs) Um, and I was, you hadn't even, you hadn't even gotten to these two core, um, strategies. I hadn't. Yeah. You were building your platform and you were struggling with how to get paid. Um, <laughs> or, or or understanding your value that you need to be paid. Yes, that's why. That's why. Let me be clear about that. It wasn't that you need to be paid. Fuck, we all need to be paid. We have bills to pay. But you were struggling, as most people who come in here to this community who are from marginalized community um, backgrounds, with asking for your value or or even knowing what your value is, stating your value. No, fuck this. Deciding what your value is, stating your value and demanding your value. And that I am like blown away just listening because I, I follow you we, and I, I, I watched you. I've been watching you. Um, there are some times that you will um, do some shit and I'll go into your DMs like, nope, cut that shit out. Cut that shit out. You're doing you're giving them too much. Good. You're do, giving them. No, I, I'm talking about the beginning. You know, oh, you're yeah. giving them too much. You're giving them too much. You need to back okay. off. And because um, I remember specifically shit. When was the um, Grace Harper shit? Oh, my God. That's when oh, God. Oh, that's when I was pissed the fuck off at you. You were doing a <laughs> GoFundMe or something to get to speak at fucking conferences that people mm-hmm. have invited you to speak at. And you mm-hmm. were funding yourself to attend to speak. And I was like, what the living fuck are you doing? Well, fighting them. Granted, I needed to make sure that I was going to be able to go for my peace of mind. I didn't want to be stressing out the last minute. But yeah, no, trust me. I was fucking pissed the entire time. I wrote about it. I wrote about it. And I talked, um, I wrote on uh, Dev too and was like, where these conferences are fucking up from the top Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And how every level from the actual conference, you know, the organizers to the speakers and then the attendees. Oh, and then the sponsors Mm -hmm. are in between those people. So at every level, I was just like, this is fuck, this is fuck, this fuck. See, you got me going with the energy now because (laughs) we were like this originally when we did the episode, except I was such a baby. I hadn't really formed a lot of these opinions yet. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't Mm -hmm. really seen a lot of the shit goes that goes on yes. here. And yeah, tell, I'm telling you, I was fed up too. And I wanted to fight the fight. But yeah, I and I feel like by fundraising also, I weared so I uh, raised so much awareness of the yes. fact that this oh, was yes, going exactly. on. Yeah, well that, being that, like yes. open your wallet. <laughs> yes. Because it made absolutely no sense that a Grace Harper I have I have serious problems with Grace Harper and um, they have a new C, CEO at um Anita Borg Foundation, who was supposed to reach out Mm. to me, but um, I guess they got offended again by me. Um, And so she never reached you. Oh, God, yes. Uh, You know, uh, you know, Um, because it's bullshit. It's it's it is absolute bullshit. You have 20,000 people at an event um, and your numbers consistently when it comes to to speakers when it comes to marginalized groups is so abhorrent and yet 
you have all, you're making millions of dollars on this conference and you can't afford to pay speakers travel and accommodations at minimum? What the fuck? They know what they're doing. They absolutely can. If you look at their financials. Oh, no, no, no. That was, that was, that was, that, oh, <laughs> Rhetorical. No. I miss yes, rhetoric exactly. all the time. Oh, now of that's course. the, that's the Asperger's coming out there. I miss rhetorical yes. questions all the time. That's okay. But you know as well as I do. Hell no. They just don't give a fuck. That's all. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and I, I remember, I just was so angry because I saw how I, again, you and I have been in each other's lives for more than what most of these white folks been in, in this hashtag called the scene. These people didn't know me. Mm. We met when I was just fed up. We met when I was like, I am so sick. I am not a diversity and inclusion expert. Why are y'all bothering me? Y'all don't want to pay. Y'all want to do all this stuff and consistently seeing how you screwing, how you are screwing students. All that Mm -hmm. gets pissed me off so badly. And then seeing you trying to break in. And then all of a sudden I see a, 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 a tweet go funding me so I can speak at these mm-hmm. conferences. I blew my fucking lid. I know. And I I felt <laughs> good like knowing that other people It was were. like a mother bird. It was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I have been doing a lot of work in the community for fundraising as well for individual causes. I've helped, you know, Black women get laptops. When everyone's saying, you don't need the MacBook, you don't need this. I'm like, just shut up and let a Black woman get what she wants for once. You know, don't give money. If that's what your problem is, just don't give money. But they want to sit there and flap. And, uh, but I didn't care. And I, I really got the message across. I fundraised. I, and it sucks that I have to actually say it because fundraising isn't my fucking job. Yes. It's not my job. I have yes. other things. I am yes. a content creator. I'm an educator. And I don't have the time or energy to be doing it. And, and that's just, the same you, place you were. Yeah, and that, you just hit it because... In addition to our jobs, we're supposed to do all these other things that mm-hmm. other people don't have to do. And mm-hmm. yet people wonder why we're tired, why we're frustrated, why we have no fucks to give. Because yep. for us, it's always, um, you know, like at the bottom of the um, job description as asterisk, other duties as assigned. We're always, <laughs> de- we're always dealing with other duties. I, you know, and it's crazy too. I was telling someone the other day, you know, I take care of my 88 year old grandfather who's currently in assisted living. He is the love of my life, you mm-hmm. know, and he, he raised me actually when I had a very bad home situation. Otherwise I would have, and it wasn't a great home situation there either, but I am officially since I lost my mother on my birthday back in 2014, um, I'm officially the matriarch of my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm old enough to, it's not like I'm 21 and a matriarch or something. I couldn't have handled that emotionally, but I've got to take care of my family. My younger brother also looks up to me. He's mm-hmm. 10 years my junior. He just turned 26 or 25. And I am just so, I have those responsibility. Oh, and I saw some meme floating around the other way that I felt like shot me in the chest 10 times because it's like, you know, is it really your love language or are you just starved for attention in certain ways because you've had to, you know, be the the main person taking care of everybody else in your mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. and you're looking for somebody who's going to be able to give you some kind of relief. And I was like, God damn. That's that's it. That's and that, it. That's totally <laughs> a part. That's enough for anyone else. Mm-hmm. So now you've got to deal with this and intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. I go to therapy every week and I do the fucking work. I've been doing therapy for nine and a half years now, Kim. 
nine and a half years, once a week, sometimes twice, depending on what was going on. <laughs> but you know, it's, I haven't reached three times yet. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Maybe that's my marker, but no, I'll tell you all of this shit. And then I got to go after having convinced them that I can talk and that I'm worthy of talking. Then I got to fight them on pain and I did fight them and I managed to get folks to make some leeway certain places I didn't, you know, and I, I made sure that everybody knew about that shit. But I hear you were heated and you were in the same place too. I remember when we talked, it was the business of diversity and inclusion. And we had a two-parter at that point when you're basically like, fuck this, I'm not doing, you know, I see cause a scene as something that I want to be compensated for if I am going to do some work but you wanted to work with businesses to actually have them see, you know, that they're a liability, that they are creating, setting themselves up for failure in so many ways. If you're not advising them on how to do this, but you got to open the wallet, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. that's it big time. You better break the bank. And, you know, and it's somebody has and, to do the work. But and the thing is, they don't have a problem with breaking the bank for people who are not fucking qualified, who are right? mediocre at this shit, who right? just do the bare minimum. You have no problem pay, paying uh, uh, somebody uh, with a white penis to do this work. It's just or like... Michaela will come in and that's diversity and inclusion. Oh. And... <laughs> It'll make no sense. Oh no my word! It. It's just like it's exhausting. Just it is exhausting, about. and then they want to know well, why. So I, someone tweeted something um, to me this weekend, and I just fucking ignored it. Um, he, he thought it was a compliment, <laughs> and I just had to shake my fucking mm -hmm. head. It was something to the effect of he retweeted one of my lives and said um, um, to his followers ignore that this will it seems harsh and blah 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 because she's trying to help us white people blah 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 I was like oh my even in trying to elevate my my voice you center your fucking feelings in my work the mm -hmm. reason I am on 10 to miss most of you is because I want when people like Nicole to walk into the room on a two y'all know what the fuck that looks like if I give mm -hmm. you a 10 all the time then when she comes in at a two, you're like, fuck, that's a breath take. That, whew, bring her <laughs> on in. Because she's not even on a seven. Um, and it's ridiculous that that has to be my strategy. That is my fucking mm -hmm. strategy. I want to make white people as uncomfortable as possible. So when marginalized folks come yes. into the room, they're not like, well, you know, your tone. And, and, and you know, you're so aggressive. Yeah. Oh, and, God. Uh, and, aggressive. And, and, and you're just, why are you so angry? No. Uh, I don't, I'm so let's tired have a Let's have a reasonable civil conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. I'm not about to have civil no, because I'm not feeling civil today. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. This I didn't thing, feel this, civil your yesterday is either. Not civil, so I'm not meeting it with civility. <laughs> I tell you, I didn't feel civil yesterday. I'm probably not going to feel civil tomorrow. So let's just go with this. Let's just move on. Is, <laughs> does what I have to say have value to you? How I say it, if it, how I say it is, is the important thing, then you hiring the wrong motherfucker because I'm not it. <laughs> no, 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 no. An AAV synchronous. <laughs> so tell us about, it. oh, wow. So just catch me up on what you've been doing. How did you yeah. get, okay, this is, how did you get to, from 2017, starting it, trying to figure it out to these two tenants? Because there are some things that I want to, that, that all resonate with me with a project that I'm 
um, about to launch that I am um, like, fuck, people come into my life right when they're supposed to. Um, mm, I've been so, finding that too lately. Yeah. So tell me about how you got from um, building your platform and just wanting to teach students to understand, because you articulated this back then, but you didn't have a clear vision. Yeah, I, I didn't have a yes. vision yet. Yes. And I didn't sense that purpose. I knew I had a purpose for yes. something, yes. but I wasn't quite sure what it was yet. So it was actually pretty interesting because like I said, the problem solving goes way back. And it's funny, when I was 32 years old, so this was the year after I spoke with you, I believe. So yeah, and I had, yeah, okay. So we had spoken that year and- I was diagnosed on the autism spectrum that next April or no, I'm sorry. Technically it was February. I went on my little Aspie moon as I call it in April <laughs> to kind of process everything. But you think you kind of know yourself by that point. And the reality was I got answers to things, questions that I didn't even know that I had. And they also slapped on there. You know, I've talked openly about um, bipolar disorder and how I've, you know, my dad is very much the same way, very much on the spectrum and, you know, but I only knew what white men looked like. So that's kind of a big deal. We don't really have a bigger picture or like a profile of what a lot of women and young women of color and children, you know, like children of color look like when they're expressing, you know, the thing, the parts of their lives that are related to being on the spectrum. So that was a huge, huge realization for me. And it did open a lot of discussions. Like I'm in a women of color um, Asperger's group and a lot of them have children as well that are on the spectrum and talking about those issues surrounding how can we create awareness. Now, along with the spectrum, I was also diagnosed at the same time. You know, they study your brain and they're like, okay, here's what came up. And um, I also have a nonverbal learning disability. So basically what that means, it's kind of funny to see in practice in real life. I had tweeted about it before. But what it means that I have difficulty with contextualizing concepts that don't have a concrete form, kind of a, um, it's, it's something that doesn't have an actual <laughs> almost, I'm looking for the word here and I've actually said it before, but I'm not able to actually visualize it in my head. So it doesn't have an actual structure to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of this is mathematically related, which is why people with, um, you know, numbers and what have you and variables and what have you can be very abstract. And mm -hmm. so you really can't, I had difficulty just creating something. So it was constant confusion. Mm -hmm. So between the autism and the non-verbal learning disability, and I, I'm a veritable cornucopia of mental illness at this point <laughs> and neurodivergence. But you know what? I love it. And I wouldn't have it any other way because it's made me exactly who I am. Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Exactly and in the literal sense, those struggles that I went through, I've written actually 
um, part of a series that I'm hoping to make into a book next year, but you know, that's very early. And I, um, have been writing a series called late diagnosis. And one of my, um, one of the mini parts of it, kind of the stories within it is about my school years. And I had struggled so hard and being on the spectrum just made everything really distracting around me. And I also wrestled with focus issues, but damn, if I wasn't at the top of my class, that's how hard I worked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were other factors to it too. And I think this isn't, people have been kind of shocked to hear this perspective, but I had um, a lot of home issues that were going on as well. You know, still kind of the better of the two options, but, um, and the thing is about having those issues, there's a lot of pressure to be a great student because nobody looks under the hood of the good students, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm, they will absolutely mm-hmm. take a look at your home situation if you're struggling. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of pressure on myself. I got through, you know, by, but I feel like at the end of everything, I was just dead. Like, and I didn't even have time to recover most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I was getting migraines, all this shit. And, you know, fast forward though to Wellesley, I got into Wellesley College and I went there and I said, I'm going to do a computer science degree. I was dating this guy. I didn't even know CS was a thing, but I was dating this guy at that point who went to Worcester Polytech, some nerdy white boy. (laughs) He was doing computer science along with virtually everyone that wasn't doing some electrical engineering, I think. And I was like, oh my God, I only knew about like IT. I didn't really think about the fact, you know, like I had built websites back Mm -hmm. in the MySpace days as Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us have. But I was like, I didn't know there was actually, you know, I never considered writing actual software and also recognizing that the web was built into this now kind of all as one big picture. I thought I want to build websites. So I, um, we didn't have the web component, started learning with Java, got to data structures and algorithms, um, beginning of my sophomore year, hit a wall and then ended up switching majors. And I blamed myself for hitting that wall for the longest time. And the crazy part is I had a white male advisor. Um, this other woman that really I'd wanted to work with, it looked like she probably wouldn't have a lot. I assumed that she wouldn't have a lot of time for me because all the women, you know, the uh, they all wanted her as a mentor. And so... I am working under this white dude with very high expectations. He literally had his favorite students at the front of the class. Like I was in the back, like crying, <laughs> like every class. And he was the one at the end of the day that opened the conversation. I was the one that decided at the end of the day, nobody decides for you. But he put kind of, he encouraged something that I've been considering anyway, which is that maybe I'm just not a good fit for this. Mm -hmm. And why to tie it back in, why I was really struggling, which took me until my thirties to figure out, as you see is, you know, why was I having such difficulty getting, you know, a grasp on these concepts. And as I mentioned, it's relevant, the nonverbal learning disability creates a lot of problems for people when they're considering, you know, some people can contextualize these concepts and create a mental model. That's what I was looking for before. So like a mental model. And that's what helps people make it click. It never clicked for me. And so that was that. And not only that, but had I been diagnosed before, I would have been qualified for like... um You know, exactly (laughs) on time testing. And what it turns out with this autodidactism as well, autodidactism, I um, had really recognized that once I started teaching myself, 
I was able to do amazing things. And I felt like the possibilities were endless once I had started to recognize how I best learn. So those were how those two parts of my life kind of came together. Now, what happened after you and I last spoke is that, you know, I was freelancing at that time. I had um, a hell client who unfortunately was an alum that was referred to me. So, but she was the one that made me basically just go, I don't want to be working for people anymore. Period. End of story. I don't know what it's going to take to not have to put myself in this position. I never really considered myself to be an entrepreneur, you know, by any standard. But 2016, came across um, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. I don't even remember how the fuck I found it. Like, it was almost like a lot of things were kind of put in front of me. And it created a path for me to exactly where I am now. And I just kept kind of looking at the signs that would come up and slap me in the face. And I'd be like, okay, right, maybe I should pay attention to this. And what I'd equated to is that Pat was talking about online courses and how they could be very lucrative. It gives you independence. And for me, that's great. You know, I want to be able to pay the bills. I want to stack cash. I want to live a great life. Those are all very important things to me. So I wanted a vehicle because I was tired of all of my social issues in the workplace. You know, having to navigate this fucking professional, passive aggressive, one, you know, one of the hallmark staple traits of me being on the spectrum is that I've always wondered why I was so very anti-authoritative and also why a lot of things would just, I couldn't socialize the way that other people would. I had to really stress myself to learn and almost go through the weirdest ones first. And then you take them really personally. But I knew that I could not go back into an office. And I never, if you had asked me too, if I would be an educator, if I ever thought I'd be an educator... I would have said, fuck no. I mean, why would I want to do that? I didn't have confidence in my ability to teach or to share what I knew up until 2015 when I started blogging alongside learning to code. So just gaining this confidence and it kept clarifying my path bit by bit. And, you know, I decided to create the courses and then I decided to kind of expand that. My newest course, um, Newbie Coder Problem Solving School, had come out as part of my larger suite of courses, Newbie Coder School. So I wanted to make sure that people are getting these skills because I had seen what happens when you don't get them. I've spent tons of time talking to new coders, to recruiters as well, because I want to know what they're looking for to help people get hired and kind of give them an edge. And I just, you know, I want to see them succeeding in the areas where I failed. And I came back to it and I learned it. I have a a strong grasp on a lot of computer science principles now, but it's just taken some time. But here I am, and now I focus on that. And via different media, I still do the podcast every week. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of spread out, but that is my mission. Well, first of all, it's interesting to see um, so many parallels because you talking about uh, a diagnosis in your 30s, it was only last year, and I'm 51, that I realized I'm ADHD. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and that has answered so many fucking questions. Because I gaslit myself through my whole education. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and teachers gaslighting me. And, 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 and my mom, like, I don't understand why you can 
do a st- um, you know score so high on standardized tests, or if it's a class that you like, you are so into it. But if it's not, you could give fuck. I mean, I would yep. calculate how to get a C and be done. Um, and um so that that's something we in this space need to talk more about um Mm. with qualified professionals because there are so many people because although tech is very homogenous the folks who are coming in this space are very diverse not in just gender and race and ethnicity we're very diverse in how our brain brains work Oh yeah. And 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 this traditional model, this is why I tell people that we're not in a industrial economy anymore. And we're not making widgets where you put anybody on a doesn't matter what the, as long as they can make this machine run, they can create mm-hmm. something. No, we are this is a knowledge economy. And I need you need yes. to be able to get out of my head what you need to learn as an organization to scale, to grow, and to uh, to be profitable. Um, and it's, it, it does not fit in that box. Uh, Um, and so I'm with you about this whole, I was, once I entered this space and I saw what these, uh, um, companies look like, I'm like, no, I'm not working for no, I got to figure this out myself. (laughs) Another thing that I found the parallel to is, um, that we're, the fact that you were saying you never thought about computer science as a, as a career, because we're in our communities until very recently, we're we're weren't considered as anything other but consumers of tech. We weren't mm-hmm. thought of as producers of tech, and right. so people don't talk to us about the producer side. It's always some marketing, PR, sales thing, pitch mm-hmm. that they're trying to get our money to buy something or to use something. But it's never, hey, you should be making something. And then uh, uh, the the pivot to. Um, the entrepreneurial thing. Um, so each one of these things you talk about is something projects that I'm that I'm currently working on, and I find that I'm just like I guess again as I say, um, you know, the universe brings to you what you need. Um, it does. It's, it's, it it's sure really, does. Really interesting because one of the projects that I'm um, I don't know if it will be. I'm sure to be announced by the time this podcast airs is the because um, I announced it on the end of the Jonathan. Um, Martinez um, episode where I am, I'm no longer talking about coding boot camps. I'm no longer mm-hmm. talking about ISAs. I'm no longer talking about things that cause harm and I'm uh, and trying to negotiate and trying to get them to change. They're not changing and I don't mm-hmm. care. That's a waste of my energy. So one of the things that I'm <clears throat> launching is the hashtag called the seeing technology boot camp. And um, you, your two tenets are the two things that are very interesting about what I've already in my head thought about how this um, boot camp um, will will um, present itself. And so I could very much see um, licensing your content for some stuff that I want to do because one of the things is there's no need for us to, for me to create content. There's, 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 mm. there's, if you don't know anything. So I see it as three levels. If you don't know anything about code, okay, we got you on code.org. If you know something about code, okay, we'll start you with um, free code camp. If you mm. are, are more advanced, then we'll start you. So, so you can understand about computer science with the Harvard CS, CS, CS 50 class. Yeah. The content is there. What's missing is how do you, so for me, it's, the, if it's, if it's a nine month to a year long program, 
those first few months, three to four months, are the instructors, instructor slash mentors teaching students how to learn. Yeah. So, so that they, as a cohort, can start working together and helping each other out. Whereas, mm-hmm. the, so, so that the rest of the program is about teaching them that problem solving, teaching them, connecting them to internships, all these other things that they are missing that is required for to, to transition successfully. Cause you know, mentoring is how I started speaking in tech. And so mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I find my, it f- very interesting that I'm coming back there. Cause I actually forgot this is my ADHD. If it's not top <laughs> of mind, my ass completely forgets about it. I completely I it. forgot that I created a whole, built a whole website, junior dev mentoring website. I've totally forgot that until recently. I'm like, what the hell? I, I built a website that matches mentors and mentees. And t- where did but that's how my brain works. Now, had I not known that's a whole last project, a whole last <laughs> project that ran for over a year. <laughs> it's so easy to forget what we're doing, though. I totally got that. You're all over the place, just like I am. Oh, oh, yep, yeah. We're busy saving the world out here. Yes, yes. <laughs> looking good while doing it. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I see so much, and I must. I wanted to take a pause here and tell you, I am very proud of you because you are so, for lack of a better, better word, stereotypical of what the, who is trying to come in tech and the challenges we have, not only internally that we have to deal with, but how mm-hmm. the system, how all the gatekeeping gets in the, if I have had to deal with Asperger's and, and, and non, you know, my processing issues and shit, please don't put any barriers in my way to get oh, in. It's right? like, damn, I've done damn. enough. <laughs> if I knew this was church, I would have worn pants. <laughs> Let's say it. Just please. I, I legitimately wanted to ask somebody the other day in almost those exact words. I have been through hell. Okay. I know everybody has, but at the same time, I am asking you directly fucking take it easy on me like for a minute. Can I get one thing? Because I won't get it unless I ask mm-hmm. and make it very clear to people like, oh, yeah, you're asking they don't for so much. Shit. They don't offer a shit. Oh, Not no. even a little bit. They don't no. offer a shit. We have no. to. They can see us. They can see there could be two people coming in and I'll just use this as an example. There could be two people coming in. Like you said, they will give this person a laptop, an iPhone, all these other things. And then they'll look at us and say, so what do you have at the house? (laughs) 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 Oh my God, you're so right. It's oh, like, man. oh, so I'm supposed to make some shit do with what I already have. Yep. But yep. You, and, and you get why, the PC. <laughs> and this is why I don't believe in fucking, I don't talk, I'm not talking about equality. I'm talking about equity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a difference. I'm not, I'm not trying, why am I trying to make coal out of, um, out of spoons in a, at the house? Mm-hmm. What the hell is this? <laughs> when we're given the tools, the same tools, yes. in the same situation, Black people thrive. Native people thrive, yes. and that's my intersection. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so blessed this year. Um, the numbers at Grace Hopper as well. I was on a panel at Native American Women in Computing at Grace Hopper, I think a few years ago. That was the year that my grandfather had actually accompanied me. He was so cute. And we had um, done this talk. There were less than 20 Native American attendees at a conference. Of 200, of 20,000 25,000 people. Oh, 25,000. Yeah. 25,000 people. And yeah. there were how many natives? We had Native less engineers? than 20. 
That is ridiculous. It's, I mean, I'm not even like, I don't even know how many zeros, point zeros there there are in my intersection. And the further that you go, just the less, the more alone I feel. Yep. And just in my tribe, I was thrilled this year, the 2020 graduates, we have four students in my tribe, in the Wampanoag tribe, that are actually looking to go on to computer science degrees. And I was like, (laughs) I've got you, please, like, (laughs) let me, give me their names and I will take care of them. Like, I'll make sure they get everything they need. And it's a tough time right now to be going through this transition period. I have a tough enough time, you know, to decide your life. I feel so badly for these, the graduates this year. I graduated into the recession Mm -hmm, in 2007 mm -hmm. and that was bullshit. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why it took me so long to establish a career. It was still like 2015 Mm -hmm. and shit, I still have student loans. (laughs) Oh girl, I don't even want to talk about student loans. Yeah, we're going to leave those alone. Okay. (laughs) No, and it's, this has been hell, but I just can't imagine. I can't contextualize what. And and then you put that, so you have the pandemic where black Mm -hmm. and native people are being disproportionately uh, impacted by COVID. Um, um, and that's just in not only contracting the virus, but also we are the we're essential dying. workers. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, di- yeah, we're dying. Yeah. Um, and we're the essential workers, you know? And so, um, it is, and yet we, when we ask for something, it's a handout. When other folks ask for something, it is, you know, to help them lift them up. It is, you know, they deserve this. But we have to beg for every crumb we get. And this is, again, why I'm on a 10 all the time. Because if I'm on a 10, then they know I have set a precedent of what you should expect to give people who are marginalized. Yes. I don't want people like you or others to have to go in and ask for this shit. I want it because of me that this shit is the default. When you see us coming in the room, when you see a black person, you need to know our our time, our 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 effort or our experience in your bullshit ass culture is going to be 10 times worse. And you need to prioritize us and figure out what the hell we need so that we can at least have some sense of psychological safety. Just some sense. Because because diversity is only about recruitment. Inclusion is about retention. And you can, we, you cannot retain us. No, we come in and you don't want to stay there. You don't see anybody that looks like you. You don't feel like you're getting the same damn treatment. You don't mm-hmm. have the same options. You're not get, <clears throat> not given the same equipment. Mm-hmm. You're not set up for success. Yes, that's the way it. That, yes. you know, and it sucks because, like I said, we're already wrestling with this intergenerational trauma in a lot of cases. And getting that job in the pathway that it opens up for us, and how it impacts our, and how that impacts our families. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If you have a poor family, a history, you know, three generations going back sometimes of poverty or more. I yes, mean, if I was about to say more than that. Going yeah. back all the way. I was about to say more than that. Yeah. If you're still there, I'm thinking my family, but it's like you're going through that that intergenerational trauma because poverty comes with its own trauma mm-hmm. and it hits different communities differently. But we see the way that it affects our communities. And, you know, this includes looking at, you know, reservations mm-hmm. and reservations. You know, I have a whole bunch of friends back in Warm Springs in Oregon and 
it's not good. And we're looking at um, susceptibility to illness. Mm-hmm. We're looking at not having adequate resources. We're like, you have sometimes three generations under one roof. Yep. yep. Elderly can't even isolate. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, if you want internet access, it was so expensive. I think we talked about that in um, the Native American Women in Computing panel, but it is so obscenely expensive because they have a monopoly, one company over the reservations, all their internet, their phone. It's usually a telecom company. And so a lot of folks will have like community computers. How are you going to come in as a community when you have COVID? I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently, this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, Please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. you going to come in as a community when you yeah. have COVID. And, and that, and I'm glad you brought that up because this is the difference in what I talk about between whiteness and marginalized community. Uh, and that's in, that's it. We are, have survived white supremacy in spite of, because of community. And yes. so now the thing that has kept us get together is a thing that's harming us. Mm. The thing that has created a, our ability to mm. su- survive centuries wow. of white supremacy is now the thing that is killing us. Because you're absolutely right. We don't drop our unless we can unless we can't deal with like I mean like your 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 grandfather's de- has dementia, right? He's got a whole bunch of stuff. He's yeah, cancer is spreading. It's metastasized, but yeah, it's and so dementias. until there's a until unless there's a, um. Um, uh, something like that. We keep our elderly in our homes. Yes, that I was just having that conversation and the so other day. So white people yep. send their elderly to nursing homes. We yep. don't have that. So yeah, it's it, it, it's it's that thing of uh, if my mom was in the city with me right now, she would be in my home. <laughs> exactly. Um, and now we don't send them off. Yeah. Like you and keep your family with you. It's important yeah. to have and those culture and the experience. And that was one of the things that I found so. Now I I, I call myself a studier of whiteness. I call myself the white whisperer. 
Yes. And but Scholar one thing, of white. but exactly. But one thing that I that blew my fucking mind was, and in the pandemic, you have white people saying, "Hey, let's send the elderly back to work," or da da da, because they don't have long to live. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Sacra- how, we would ne- my gra- my grandparents <laughs> could be on one knee, one have one leg missing, yep. no arms. No teeth, no yep. hair, and I still would want them here. There Absolutely. is no such thing as sacrificing our elderly. That Absolutely is where our, the wisdom of our communities come from. Yeah, and, and we don't have the accessibility. I mean, shit, the place where I have my grandfather, and he is blessed. You best believe I'm going to go out and get some soon. Long-term care insurance. Everyone who's listening, get it. Because you're going to need it eventually mm-hmm. when it comes to reimbursing a $7,000 a month bill for my grandfather. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, he needs to have that care. And oh, and another huge factor I was discussing with one of the wellness staff there are um, a whole bunch of Jamaican ladies. And, you know, we've got folks, they have a blast. Of course, my grandfather's all being fresh toward him. I'm like, (laughs) he's like, I like Giselle. I was like, yeah, Giselle isn't about you. (laughs) Relax with your old ass. (laughs) That is the thing. You, we don't have homes this generation. Yes. In past generations, we have had a home in which we could bring our family into. Yes. I am renting and I am turning 35 this year. I will own a home. It's going to be a tiny home, Mm -hmm. like literally the tiny homes are going to build one. But like, I don't, and even then I can't bring somebody in. Fortunately, I'm not putting, I won't be put in that situation after my grandfather passes and he's Mm going to be, you know, in there, but I'm blessed to be able to get him the care that he needs because otherwise I can't imagine, I, you know, it's good enough that I decide to be an entrepreneur because I couldn't have held a job while while caring for him. We can't do both. And thank God I don't have kids on top of all of it. Oh, what I find interesting now is all the white folks who complain because they kids at home. Oh, I can't Mm. do this because I, how do I work? And baby, we've been doing it for centuries. We've been not only taking care (laughs) of our folks, but whole black folks been taking care of your folks. Yeah. Throw in transportation limitations, throw in multiple jobs, having to travel all over. Yeah. It's and rank Welcome coming in between, our, uh, <laughs> and, and whatever your experience is, nothing compared to what we're still experiencing. And yeah. this is what I want. So it's like all of a sudden they are they are awake to the pains. And as I said before, white people weren't weren't going to do anything until they became until it became a direct pain point for them. Because they became I uncomfortable. That's all but, they need. <laughs> well, uh, but but see, I recognize that they can they can endure a lot of discomfort they need to they needed to be in pain and so i have been predicting Mm -hmm. something i never could have predicted a fucking pandemic but i have been predicting that it was going to take something huge for white folks to wake the fuck up and realize that they themselves are also um being harmed by white supremacy they are not escaping this bullshit privilege and power that they think they have um it's really interesting also that we have the pandemic going on at the same time as black lives matter is really i mean it now no no let's be no hold on i'm gonna stop you uh, there the only reason it's happening now is because of the pandemic the people have been talking about black lives matter before the only reason Mm -hmm. it made sense now is because you have white folks had no distraction nowhere to go Mm -hmm. and they got that's very true. They, they saw a man getting killed. 
Yeah, they saw it. You could. It's not that it's not happening. It was out there. They could not turn their You're head absolutely away. That's right. the only way. Because I don't want to give white people a pass on this. This ain't. No, they no, didn't no, get no. to this shit because of the good, the goodness of their heart. This mm-hmm. is why months after that, you don't. Um, you have some people who still have Black Lives Matter in their Twitter bios, but no one's talking about. I, I definitely am not getting paid like I was right after George Floyd. Oh my God, motherfuckers was throwing money at me like I was a stripper. I was like, <laughs> where the fuck this money coming from? I, I knew y'all had money. I knew. Up next on the poll is DNI. <laughs> uh, I knew y'all had money. I just, uh, but I, and I said before you wasn't gonna spend it until it became a pain point for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's this whole. And so what I'm seeing now though is with this. I can't even call it a second wave because we never got out of the first wave. No. But, but what we're seeing now is. Um, uh, if the stories is are true that the president's um, um, son-in-law decided, oh, well, we had a pandemic plan, but because it was only affecting blue states and blue state people were dying, we're going to put that aside. But what we're seeing now is whites or red states are being ravaged. And so now white folks are losing their grandparents. And now they're like in pain because um, when we kept telling y'all that the, the, the medical system is racist as fuck, this is the only reason we are being impacted the way we are because we are the majority of uh, between natives, black folks and Latinx. We're the, the majority of the essential workers. This is why we're getting hit. We don't have the luxury because many people in let's talk. Let's be honest. Many people listen to this fucking podcast. All they had to do was um, 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 to, is to roll out of bed and, and, and turn on their laptops. Nothing really changed for them except for where they did their business. Mm-hmm. Until this moment now, and they're feeling it, and I and I and I find myself being very, very have to be very careful because it's not that I don't have sympathy. There's very based on my experience with whiteness, I, it's very hard for me to. Whew, let me say this in a way that it is what it is. It's very hard for me to feel anything when I hear stories about. Um, white folks who are losing people right now because we I in the first few months I lost five or six folks that I knew mm. wow the first month and the, either way the, it could have been the whole time yeah, doesn't matter yep and, and between <laughs> March and April in March and April I lost five or six people that I knew very close some were relatives and some were just really and and so now it's hitting them and I'm supposed to turn my focus? No, no. It's 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 unfortunately you're a part of a club that you never signed up for, but neither did we. We didn't sign up for this shit either. Yeah. So we either get there together or we don't get there at all. It's gonna be a long journey, apparently, no matter what, because we got fools out there going to Sturgis and whatever and, and I, I have no I have no sympathy. I don't no, well, you, the unfortunate part, they're all going back to wherever they came yep, from mm-hmm. and bringing whatever they yep. got with them. And so I tell mom, I, as long as me and mine are taken care of, y'all stay y'all asses in the house. Yeah. Do not go no fucking oh, where. I'm home. And this, and this mm. is the shit that pisses me off about people who want to be, yes, Amazon is a shit show. Yes, absolutely. 
and yet it's and we cannot be binary here. This is how my mom gets her food safely. So no, I'm mm-hmm. not, I cannot, I'm not gonna, I'm not boycotting uh, Amazon because it's, it's either tough. deal with this motherfucking shit or have my mom out there um, in danger. No, nope, not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> On a lesser scale, actually, it's funny. I had had, I've been hosting um, since lockdown actually started. I've been hosting um, a Saturday night Zoom, like open Zoom room, basically we start calling it the after hours vibe or just the vibe for short. And I have Mm -hmm. all those regulars. I have met over a hundred people definitely through just kind of coming in. And the beautiful part, we use Zoom for it. I can stream music. We can Mm -hmm. use collaborative playlist and it's a lot of fun. You need to show up. Like, yeah, I think I sent you an invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually happen. And so I used to have late, but I had a friend who was like, you use Zoom, like, you know, they're a Chinese company and blah, 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 that's going in or they're affiliated with that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even know the exact story. And I said, I am quite sure. And that doesn't surprise me at all. Whatever is the issue here, if there is crossing of income streams with some other organization that, I mean, there's so many ways that money and organizations and political platforms all fit together, you know, and they affect the applications that we use at the end of the day. There is no perfect application out there because there isn't. There, there, are, there are no traditionally. Um, there have been such homogenous teams that all of these motherfuckers are fucked up, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's it's. But that but that but the thing is, and I know this isn't. I'm gonna assume this is in your community as well. Black folks are used to dealing um, um, measuring. Hell, this is bad. This is shitty. Let's go with the bad. Neither one oh, of yeah. them. Are. And so it's the same reason we have Biden as a goddamn candidate. Nobody want his racist ass as a candidate. But um, my That's black ancestors, my black um, a gen, um, older generation, what you're not going to do is call them low information when they know good and damn well that your racist ass was not about to um, vote for no um Bernie Sanders, y- y'all would talk about how progressive y'all are at the goddamn yoga class, but we'll, we'll, we'll go, <laughs> but we'll go in the um, voting booth and do something totally different. So my black folks said, no, 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 we're going to take that decision out your fucking hands. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be, the, <laughs> I don't like, white folks will really never understand how it feels to have even a candidate of your own, not, I mean, they're never perfect, but the issues are so critical when dealing with policy that affects, you know, disproportionately affects mm-hmm. certain marginalized groups. We're used to not having black representation. We're used to not having native representation <laughs> for the concept of just having, well, we have um, some sweeping of, of um, elections nationally by women, uh, native women, which is just like, I'm so for it and it gives me goosebumps, but we're used to not having the representation. And when you don't have the representation, you don't even hear about yourself. You know straight up when you're being pandered to. Exactly. You know straight exactly. up. You're not fooling we're anybody. You're not fooling anybody. No. Like, is, you know, we're having us. to choose between piles of shit. This is what the <laughs> fuck we're having to choose it's between. True. So we go and put choose the pile of shit that is less shit smelling yeah. and say, today we'll deal with this. Tomorrow, let's find another pile of shit that smells less shitty than this one. The shit you <laughs> might have a chance to clean up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, every, every choice we've had, except for Obama, was a fucking racist. And he was an assimilationist. He's not anti-racist. Oh, no. Well, he could not have been. A, he was the perfect Negro for these people. <laughs> so, um, hey. Yeah. 
So he could not, uh, um, there was no way in hell. I mean, look at, he got how much shit he got from wearing a tan fucking suit. <laughs> like that has anything Remember to do with policy making. issues. <laughs> Remember, that's all we had to look at was. Oh my God, let's look. Oh boy, 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 boy. Instead of somebody who on a daily basis makes shit. <laughs> like, let's pull this out our ass. Okay, that sounds oh stupid, God. but let's go with that. And 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 so I, I love, it's so funny to sit back and listen to these white people bitch about, oh, this is so bad. This is the worst. It's, Where the fuck you been? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I know what, I just what rock, rock have you been under, and yet is that is that the silent majority? <laughs> oh like, my god! <laughs> I just laugh. I'm like, oh my word! Wow, this, this is the worst. Strange, this this is the worst. This, this dude, this one landscape. dude right here, this one dude right here is the worst. Okay, all right. Well, no, what this one dude has done, which y'all have never done, um, is expose a whole bunch of shit y'all been hiding. Now that's what's right. different. And you find out with the transparency of the shit they've done. That's yes. You know, I'd rather know that somebody did some shit than just sit there and be like, "Mm, I know that they're not that good. (laughs) Because none. I'd rather uh, the what what something about the um, something knowing about the devil or something another. Yeah, the devil, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. devil, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a very interesting time right now because so many issues are coming to light that have been buried down for a long time. You know, issues that are disproportionately affecting. Um, communities of color and they're dying. Like mm-hmm. literally it's the ultimate price right now is that violence in, you know, in um, police violence in communities of color is killing. And what's, what's, what's funny about that is food access like, is, 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 is folks who are, you know, Oh my God, a protester was killed. What the fuck did y'all think protest was? <laughs> It's like what the first this, time this is not Burning Man. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I think every day for I've been pretty. I'm trying to be mindful of my emotions during the pandemic, and they've definitely been a roller coaster. I think is what a lot of people have experienced mm-hmm. in the beginning. Oh God, in the beginning, although for me, I love being kind of isolated. And I was on, about to say, I was made for a pandemic. Oh, I was made that's for quarantine. Exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the part though when I was using that line. You know, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been training for this shit. This is the introvert Olympics now. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but like then summer rolls around. I'm like, yeah, this ain't hot girl summer at all. This is some COVID summer, like cold COVID summer. And I'm done already. My my thing was, um, I was at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is, and then I started, what I realized is, and I'm sure you had that we started grieving. Of yeah. what? So it was a grief. I want to travel this year. Yes. I want to talk at conferences. Yes. I miss my- we started grieving what couldn't, because yeah. I'm an introvert, but I get to choose. Right. This was like, I don't get to choose. And it's um, not having control in general. Yes. I, found I don't have control always of who walks close to me. Yes. I don't have control yes. always of who's yes. wearing a mask and who yes. isn't. And I, I live in a state where they bought all the fucking guns. So I was like, white people oh, who are stressed out with guns, I need to stay my ass in the house. <laughs> with um, a gun and no mask. What? Uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to stay over here because y'all don't under, y'all, y'all can't, y'all don't, don't have no stress act. well. Y'all don't have no stress well at all. Oh, can't act right. Oh <laughs> my word. Yes. It's, it's madness though right now. And I want to make sure, you know, there's, and kind of to bring it back around to, um, 
mental illness and mental health in our communities. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing, um, what was it? I don't know if you've seen the show on FX, Dave, no. um, at all. Oh my God. It's so good. First off, it's, um, with little Dickie, um, white Jewish mm-hmm. rapper. He's hilarious and adorable, but they have a great representation and heartbreaking. That's how you know that it's great and accurate of bipolar disorder in a black man mm-hmm. and how they're communicating it to their friends and just kind of the expectations and how the dynamic shifts, because that's a big thing that only a certain actor, I think, can be able to pull that off is the dynamic shift that happens when somebody knows that part about you and you suddenly become a little bit less predictable in their eyes. We need to be having these discussions that are uncomfortable to have now more than ever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the suicide rates in particular are astronomical for our communities. Mm -hmm, Suicide mm -hmm. in Black, Native Mm -hmm. American communities, Latinx communities, it's so much more, so much higher than we face with white, our white counterparts. It's... um. And it's distressing because we're still not, even when it's available, it comes down to people having access to it. Mm-hmm. It comes down and, to and, and the training. You know, the, the stigma of it. Absolutely. Um, Stigma's because, always there. Because, you know, we, everything we get is a fight. So if you mm-hmm. don't have, so any sign of weakness, which is folks consider mental illness as a weakness instead of a, 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 a illness which needs to be treated, um, it, it becomes something you run away from. And then you 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 uh, project that, or you act out in ways that harm family. Because again, we're all yeah. family. We're gonna we're gonna protect you. We're gonna yes. you know. Um, yeah. And I and can tell enabling you, behavior and. And I can able, tell you honestly oof. that I went through a period at the beginning of the year where I just shut myself off, and this was before the pandemic. I said I was go, I was going through my what I call my snake shedding skin phase. Where snakes, when they sh- snakes shed their skin because they're growing, which is good. But until that skin is ready for them, they're at their most vulnerable and they're most likely to attack. And so I isolate myself because I don't want to harm people in, in my, cause I'm feeling all this and I right. don't want to go back and apologize. I'm not trying to cause harm and yeah. I don't want people to harm me. So I'm going to, you know, close myself off. Yeah. Um, and, and yet it was in that moment, in those moments that I, I, I consciously for the first time in my life, again, 50 years old, consciously my first time in my life decided that there were certain relationships that I could not have anymore um, because they took up too much for me. Oh yeah. They were mentally Toxicity exhausting. Toxicity takes many forms. They were mentally exhausting and 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 to and it's hard because in the black community every you know you hold on to everybody and I was right. like I just can't do it with we the struggle work that, with boundaries in particular. Yes, with the it's work hard. that I'm trying to do, I cannot do that and have to deal on a daily basis with somebody who is fundamentally depressed all the time. I cannot do it. So I need you to go get counseling. I can't talk to you about those things. I can support you, but I, I'm not, I cannot be that person that you put all that on. And it becomes a struggle because it is, it is you love and you want to care for. And yet I have to get, like you said, put those boundaries on myself. Yeah. Boundaries are a difficult concept to build. It took me years of therapy, like I said, nine and a half years (laughs) of this shit. Mm -hmm. And for what? They say we do therapy because other people don't. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. 
that one hit me really hard when I first started. I go to therapy for all my ancestors. Mm -hmm. I go to therapy because of all the addiction that we faced Mm -hmm. that has passed down, Mm -hmm. you know, that misery and the pain that comes from the epigenetics behind it. My tribe was slaughtered down to triple digits. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then to have to, to have to build up from that, you best believe that it's it's changed. Mm-hmm. Who no, you my are? Change. I mean, we your 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 natives were annihilated, and 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 the U.S. was built on the the enslavement of my people. Every and and anything that could be put into the system to promote anti-blackness. That's that shit we're dealing with now. So don't tell me about, oh, that was years ago. Um, I ain't have nothing to do with that. Yeah, you might not have had nothing to do with that, but you inherit your white supremacy and your yes. anti-blackness. As yeah. well as my, I have to deal with my own internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. And it's a, and yeah. so people, I tell people all the Same. time, they're like, why? Um, I tell them all the time, the reason my target audience is white people, because I can go in classroom and management Stop doing that. This is why you're going to stop doing it. This is what you're going to do instead. I don't have to deal. I understand that I am educating the oppressor while also processing my own oppression. I do not have the, I cannot deal with black people just because they're processing their oppression. I'm processing my oppression. I would never get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. They don't. This is some, sh- I mean, this is some shit. This is generations to generations. And then I see it played as you see it played out on Twitter. And I just sometimes just want to say something. And I'm like, nope, I have to let these people figure out their process their way. Um, and, and, and even in that, just like I tell people, I will never throw a black woman under the bus. Candace Owens, I do not, I would never want to be in a room with her. But you know what? She figuring out how to survive in a white supremacist world. And I, I don't have to talk to her. She going to have to deal with her own consequences to her behavior. Yeah. Um, but I'm not throwing her on the bus. I'm just not going to do it. No, and it's there's a difference, though, between supporting and enabling, you know, the platform of. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just kind of recognizing that this is it. I've still, you know, got my own code. And that's that, you know, and we're going to have a code for everybody. And yeah, I'm in a weird position too, where, you know, with that intersection, I try and do the best work that I can really spreading awareness for my tribe. It's so funny that like, there's so little even photography around my tribe, Mm, like mm -hmm. that, because really we don't allow it. The photography is, you know, if somebody couldn't just show up and take yes. photos of us. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. And I looked on Google the other day and my my uncles show up like three times just in the first page. Like it's not even, a, I just searched for like Native American. <laughs> like it wasn't even Wampanoag in particular. But no, it's, I man, I'm just, <laughs> this year has been a lot. It's been a lot. You're and taking care of yourself, people, right? And that's what people don't understand. When we come in, it's great to say, oh, I want to divert. So, oh, so what I've been getting like uh, so many calls, Kim, I want to have, I want, could you help me build an anti-racist organization? So first of all, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are y'all talking about? And y'all making leaps here. Okay. And then want to build an app. <laughs> <laughs> but what you, but what you don't understand is for us to feel what it takes for us to feel psychologically safe in your organizations and you yes. don't, you're not equipped for it. 
No. You're not equipped. The stuff that makes white people feel safe is the stuff that I'm going to tell you, it's red flags for me. I'm just like, ah, ah, nope. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a great example that we had brought up on the panel is that Google, you know, their language preservation initiatives um, in terms of wanting to be able to translate any language. Well, when you're looking at, you know, it's Algonquin for Wampanoag tribe, I don't even, I know, you know, phrases, but I don't mm-hmm. speak, but it's passed down pretty mm-hmm. much orally throughout the generation. Yep. Why would we ever, ever trust yes. colonizers yes. to manage our language? Yes, because we see that right now with everybody wanting that speak. Um, white folks talking about the African American vernacular mm-hmm. is, is is the internet culture. Bitch, we are the internet culture. The what internet. the hell are you the talking original about? Internet culture. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing Been original about whiteness. Everything about whiteness has been stolen, stolen, and appropriated from other yep. people. It's so true, though. It really is. And, and so, that, so you're making having to make a decision. Do we? Do we? Um, do we um, um, allow this colonized organism, this this ent- entity, to 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 do we trust them with our language? No, Mm-mm. not even a yet. Bit. If we don't do something, it will be gone. That's the quandary. Yes, and, you know, we don't have the the funds or the power to be able to really have a whole lot of options that are led by our own, you know, yes. cultures. And but it's just it's one of those those sacred things, you know, mm-hmm. those sacred things. But it's not have. sacred for other people. It's, it is it's not. not. Sacred. It's not it's sacred for whiteness. It's no, exactly it's for whiteness. Is the it's the cool new thing. It's the child. Mm-hmm. It's the, like I had to tell some chick to um. Uh, don't call me auntie. I don't know you. I don't <laughs> don't do that. Don't fucking do that. That's some mammy shit. Don't do that. You don't understand. Yes, I get in Indian cultures they call each other mammy. I mean auntie. But in black cultures, that is some shit that white folks called us when we worked in your homes and nursed your babies and shit. No, mm-hmm. don't call me your auntie. I don't know. Yeah, it's context, man. They don't get the context. They don't want to get it. Yes. If you try and explain the history behind something, they get mad at you. Yep. Mm-hmm. They Why get you mad being at so you? defensive and yeah. yucking their young. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we're yummy, but at the same time, stay out. Yep. <laughs> like, this yep. ain't for you. Yep. And, ah, that's it. Everything ain't for, ain't for white folks. Nope. <laughs> It's the same but for you. It's the same for you. And that's what I loved about um, Toni Morrison. She's like, I did not write for the white gays. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't do my, even though white people are my audience, I don't do shit for the white gays. What would our culture look like if we did everything for white people? Oh, jeez. There would girl. be no culture. That, that There'd be no, no culture. They would have yanked everything yep. they yep. liked from this yep. and we'd be left with the shit they don't like. Yep. And then that's going to feel more, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> It will be so unseasoned (laughs) (laughs) with raisins. Some mayo on that shit. With some raisins (laughs) and shit. Okay, this has been a wonderful conversation. What would you like to say in in your to close out the show? Well, damn, we didn't get to talk about problem solving, but you know what? I would rather talk about just this life the they need any day <laughs> right this is the kind of shit that i haven't actually had a conversation like this in a minute so thank you yes I, my soul needed that thank <laughs> you that's what i think my show is when I, bring, when I bring marginalized people on the show this is i your work i can link to your work in the podcast mm. but your story is what's more important to me yeah 
the story is I've been regularly told that that is one of the most powerful components of my existence well, and, in this and, industry. Well, it's not just you. It's all of us. We don't get, like you yes. just said, you don't talk about this. Where are, where are in other podcasts do you feel comfortable enough to tell your story, to just let your hair down and smoke your bong and just enjoy <laughs> yourself? You know what I'm saying? I know. And I appreciate it because those spaces are very important. And honestly, I think I had forgotten exactly how important they were until I sat down with you today. But that's, I'm here. I create my courses and Kim will have some of my links in there for the La Vie on Code site. I do, you know, we didn't really get to dig into it, but I have an incredible course and I just went through it. I can say that again. I just went through it myself Mm -hmm. the other day and was like, damn, I'm smart. (laughs) (laughs) and, And then on top of that, I'm like, damn, I love helping people. Yes, And that comes across. People need those problem-solving skills. I teach them. So check out my course, Newbie Coder Problem Solving School. It is, it's the answer to and, what- And just know, Nicole, when we get there, we will be partnering with you because we will be using your some of your um, stuff to get to, because to me, the curriculum is not the important thing. Mm-hmm. It is teaching people how to solve problems, yep. how to do this thing, how to teach, teaching people how to teach themselves. Yes, that is my mission. And it's gonna, it's helped so many people already. I am, yeah, I have this board that I'm looking at right now. It's a composite of all these tweets that I have, that I just put right on, right on my board because, or on my wall, because I don't want to forget that the work I'm doing is so important for the people and yes. for the communities that I'm really, that we're discussing today. So let's set people up for yeah, success. Because if we wait for, if we wait for whiteness for validation, we will never get it. We got to validate ourselves. <laughs> we have to set ourselves up for success. So that's what I'm here doing. That's the important work. That's how I'm causing a scene, girl. Thank you, babe. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. You have a good one. Thank you for the energy. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.